Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 18th day of November in the year of our Lord, 2022. And today, I will be talking about how greenwashing, or the propaganda of green energy ideology, is being used to make the unjust appear to be just, and how the real effect of that is a reduced standard of living for the naive middle class and starvation for the helpless poor. We see the world dividing into hostile camps right now, with nations coming together to resist the moves to continue the economic hegemony of the West. The BRICS nations that I've mentioned many times are primarily an economic block of nations resistant to Western economic dominance, but now it also includes many other things. The nations in the original block include Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, but now many others are lining up to join. Some of those include Argentina, Venezuela, Iran, Indonesia, even Saudi Arabia, yes, that's right. It's ironic that longtime enemies like the Saudis and the Iranians would consider coming together economically, but I guess the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The economic blocks that have developed involve nations jockeying for position in this new world that is developing. That involves a lot more than green energy. Western leaders attend their climate conferences. They set climate discussions Within conferences, as they did recently at the G20 summit in Indonesia this past week, it would be funny if it were not so serious to see and hear how President Biden, who just once again publicly said to the attendees, I'll do my part, no more drilling in the United States, when Senator Joe Manchin called him to account for his promises regarding fossil fuels. He sent Jean-Pierre out to say, oh, yes, yes, we know. Miners and oil workers are the backbone of the nation, so on and so forth. It's all just hypocrisy and a pack of lies. The United States persuades the G20 nations to give $20 billion of U.S. money, your money, to Indonesia as a payment for the Indonesians to quit using coal and convert to solar and wind. The Indonesians took the money, of course, even though their application to the BRICS Economic block is pending. It's just greenwashing. It really means nothing except the bribe to keep the Indonesians from representing the best interests of their own people. It could possibly mean one other thing, however. If the Indonesians actually did stop using coal, it would mean starvation for the Indonesian people, as it has for many people in Europe and across Africa. These people who are coercing and buying corrupt politicians to the detriment of their own people is an old story, but it usually involves a corporation giving a suitcase full of cash to some dictator or warlord. Now it's heads of state giving the labor of their people who have already accepted long-term impoverishment and hunger because their oh-so-virtuous and progressive leaders have insisted that they do that. Americans are struggling, struggling right now to buy food and fuel at ever-increasing prices, but their president is bragging about giving away $20 billion dollars to subsidize solar panels and windmills in Indonesia. The stated reason was to help Indonesia transition away from fossil fuels to renewable energy. The real purpose is to bribe a Muslim country that has shown extreme hostility and persecution of Christians, to switch its energy from reliable coal to unreliable wind and solar, thus exposing their people to starvation. Inflation and energy shortages are problems across the world, including Europe. But there, the problems are exacerbated by food shortages caused by cutting the Russian supply lines and intentionally attempting to switch from gas and coal to wind and solar. Along with the switch comes a belief that many 
of the problems which make saving the planet necessary are caused by farming. That's right, folks. Farming. <coughs> Growing food for people to eat. Ending farming would mean mass starvation, but that is apparently fine with the Western progressive leaders. Nations like Denmark and Holland, for example, say they're going to close 30% of their farms by the year 2030 in keeping with the goals of Agenda 2030 and the World Economic Forum. That's less than eight years away now, but the process is well underway. Without farms, how will the people have access to enough food to eat? That remains an unanswered question, and one our leaders apparently don't care to know the answer to. Without fertilizer, it's impossible to grow enough food to feed a population, but if you don't care if they starve, what difference does it make? Much of Europe's fertilizer comes from Russia, and if you count Belarus, as part of Russia, it's well over 50%. The sanctions against those countries are obviously adding to the misery of the European people, especially in those countries on the fringe of what used to be part of the Eastern Bloc. Couple the fertilizer cut off with the decision to stop importing Russian gas along with the decision to stop using it even if you have it. And you have a witch's cauldron of disaster for millions of people, I personal knowledge of at least one country in Europe, that's Romania. My wife and I started a Christian child care mission in Romania 25 years ago. We're still there, caring for the children of that country. We feed, clothe, and house a lot of Romanian kids, and we talk to people there almost every day. They tell us that conditions are terrible with no electricity, which is what provides heat and light, of course. Schools are closing because of lack of electricity. It's unaffordable, even if available. Couple the energy shortage with unaffordable and unavailable food, and you have a nationwide disaster on your hands. Disaster means adults and their children begging in the streets, schools closed, along with other agencies tasked with assisting the public. It means desperate people coming to your door asking if there is any way for you to help them having to say no. It means internal conditions deteriorating to the point they were under communism. Who cares enough to change the behavior of governments? Apparently no one cares that much. But I will say that if something isn't done to rein in the madness of these people at the head of governments, not to mention the real culprits in the World Economic Forum, we can expect a French Revolution type of answer. Tell me that I have to drive an electric car. I might be upset because my freedom of choice and my lifestyle is being curtailed. But tell me that I have to watch my children starve and you have a French Revolution on your hands. I'm not talking about farmers driving their tractors to the capital. That's a help. That's fine. I'm with them, of course. But I'm talking about millions descending on them with an off-with-their-heads intent. Yes, it will soon be time to go to the barricades if it's not time already. The U.N. tells us that this charade being forced on us will be very expensive. It's going to cost us. The poor, wretched middle classes of the Western world is going to cost us a lot of our labor, they say. At the U.N., it will take $340 billion to complete the destruction of humanity. They say that the amount will prevent the world's temperature from rising 1.5 degrees centigrade above pre-industrial levels. This is all just complete nonsense and a way of fleecing the planet while reducing the population by what amounts to cold-blooded murder. It's the war, they tell us. It's the war. Therefore, it's all Putin's fault. Ukrainian President Zelensky sent a recorded message to the G20 conference stating, quote, there can be no effective climate policy without peace, end quote. It is apparent that he considers peace to consist of endless cash and endless weapons, 
Nothing of diplomacy. I suppose he is a quick learner. In the greenwashing scam, it turns out that he was laundering money paid by American taxpayers by investing in FTX, a now bankrupt crypto company. FTX then contributed the money to Democrat politicians through its CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, who in turn voted to send him more money. This information is all coming out in the investigation of the collapse of FTX and its CEO for fraud. Starving people, it seems, often have less than noble purposes. This problem is self-fulfilling. It just feeds on itself on and on. Rising prices for natural gas means rising prices for fertilizer when there is a supplier. That means rising food prices. Not many options exist short of talking with Russia and bringing the war to a close, and talks are apparently ongoing. Back channel, the offer being talked about, being considered, apparently, as Russia withdraws from Ukraine and Crimea becomes a demilitarized zone. I don't see how that works. I can't see that working for Russia, for the Russian Navy. How could Russia operate its warm water base if it were a demilitarized zone? The Russians did retreat from Kherson this week. That's very significant because geographically, Kherson lies just north of Crimea. Rumor has it that the Russians are busy fortifying Crimea if they expect a fight-or-die stand there. We will see what happens in Ukraine, but it's hard to understand why this war fought by others and is really a struggle between Putin and Biden. Why should it be used as an excuse to starve and impoverish the world? I suppose that ordinary human decency let alone honor, can no longer be expected from those who hold power over us. <clears throat> Food for Europe is a difficult problem right now. With very few solutions, there are very few, if any, suppliers available to replace Russia, even in the short term. This all means that next spring there will be few crops planted in Europe, and the continent will be import-dependent are just where the World Economic Forum and its captive leaders want the European people. Europe has only two options, get through somehow by their wits or compromise with Russia. Europe is reportedly investigating that compromise, but I'm certain they remember Nord Stream. A resolution came before the UN General Assembly recently to force Russia to pay war reparations. It's passed thus far. The vote was 94 countries in favor, 14 against 73 countries abstaining, damage and loss or injury to people and to infrastructure is the part and parcel of it. We can't seem to learn anything from history. For example, the Versailles Treaty that ended World War I and led to the rise of Hitler and ultimately to World War II war crimes, it seems, sometimes depends on who wins the war. For example, a missile recently struck two miles Inside Poland, both Zelensky and the Polish authorities reported it as Russian, I suppose to provoke a NATO response and perhaps start World War III. Unfortunately, fortunately, NATO tracked it on radar and identified it as Ukrainian, so nuclear war averted once again. In conclusion, folks, the elites, the know-it-alls, the impeccably educated, the media savvy who strut across the stages of this world with such purpose and such confidence, what do they have in store for us little people? Could our future be unfolding before our eyes in Romania? The whole thing does serve one useful purpose, however. It validates my disbelief in the power seekers and the powerful. My deepest conviction about their bloodthirsty natures is confirmed. Next week is Thanksgiving, folks, so no castle report. Have a good week. Don't forget to give thanks. 
Finally, folks, for our futures and our children's futures, prepare to live differently. To survive on our own, we will have to decentralize the food supply, localize everything, build relationships with local farmers and ranchers, create a parallel or black market economy in the food industry. At least that's the way I see it, folks. Till next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.